Hey everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Wicked Unscripted, where we have unscripted conversations about some of the most popular reality shows on television. My name is Abigail Adams. I am your host for this podcast, and joining me, as always, at least for Survivor, <laughs> is my good friend, Ben Mealy. And we're here to talk about episode two. We have quite a marathon going for you guys, so... <laughs> This has been a really great start to a new season. Mm -hmm. And I'm really pleased because we've had some slow starts recently. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily think is the fault of the players, but maybe the fault of the editing that we've seen. And I think in the last episode, if you listened, uh, yeah. we've talked a lot about how the editing in this in this uh, season has very much improved over the last three new age seasons yes we went into it a little bit about how it seems like they are listening to us to some degree which is promising it is helpful because i'm i'm glad they know what fans are looking for because i think they need to know that as much as they think they know what's perfect and right for their show they need to know that just because what they think is perfect doesn't necessarily mean that fans are going to enjoy it and right that's kind of the audience you're catering to. And I think for a while it got kind of a little caught up in what executives wanted to play with. And maybe they needed that period. I honestly, I'm not going to judge if they needed that period to kind of test stuff and be like, is this going to work? Ooh, okay, this didn't really work the way we want it. And even under that surface, you have, like, you have to cater to the fans, but you also then have the subset of casuals versus diehards and making sure that you are catering to a certain degree to both of those populations i really i'm really glad you brought that up because that's a point that i think every show needs to think about nowadays and i think a lot of shows only think about it as just their broad general audience and even if they separate it i'm just gonna say even if they separate it into casuals versus super fans i feel like there's almost a place in the middle where it's just there are people who are still following along and they're just doing it casually but they're not a casual fan where they only tune in for the episode right mm -hmm. and i feel like they're not playing to all of the potential different levels of dynamics that exist in in the fandom right mm -hmm. and i think if we're going to talk about the dynamics that exist within the show itself it's really only fair that we talk about the fans because they're just as important to this show nice. as as everything is and if they really want the show to continue you have to listen to the fans so i'm pleased so far with what they've done by listening to the fans. I think sometimes also it's good to not listen to fans if fans have really bad suggestions. I don't think that's always the case. <laughs> I think that can happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm just I'm 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 just happy to see uh less front loading of these backstories. Um because it's not that we don't want to hear we talked again last episode. We don't want to see all of them right up front. It doesn't mean we don't want to see them or hear them, but we don't need them right in our faces so we know all of the context. As mm -hmm. long as it comes up somewhere along the line, that's fine. Build the story, and then if you have pieces, if you're an editor, right? You build the story for a whole season, then you have pieces where you're like, oh, I just don't know where to throw it in. Find some time where there might be a gap in an episode and just that's fine to toss it in there. Mm -hmm. No one's saying that, but don't hinder our time in these episodes just telling stories when depending on the story that's being told, it might not matter. Because as much as I love some of the backstories we heard specifically last season, so many of them didn't fucking matter. No. And I love and I hearing about game. backgrounds and how Survivor plays into their life. However, 
you're right in that we were just inundated and given so much backstory that it was at the cost of the game itself. So there is that happy medium where you're able to integrate how someone's backstory is like influencing the, their game at that moment. And I, I want to make, also, I want to be clear. I don't want to say that I don't want to hear stories that don't necessarily relate to the game. It's just, if we're getting, if we're, if we're a couple episodes into the season, we're trying to really get interested in the game and what's going on. It's not the time or place for it. So again, just glad that we got that. Uh, let's talk about post-tribal though, because mm -hmm. the last tribal council. <laughs> was wild so was quick little quick little recap uh matthew used the shot in the dark was not safe jamie used her shot in the dark she was safe that's the first time that it's ever happened the vote ended up being three oh well technically three to one but three of those votes were nullified because of an idol so the vote ultimately became one to zero against maddie and that one vote was brandon because everybody was hoping to get brandon out so this is really something that I, this gets a little messy in the beginning. I don't think this is the editor's fault. I think it's just such a messy situation getting back from this tribal. Yeah. Because there's so many dynamics. So let's start with Matthew. Because Matthew's probably one of the most interesting parts of this vote. So he's thrilled that the idol's gone. Even though we've watched him align himself with Brandon. So I think it's an interesting thing to hear. Because... Yes, it's out, but if he was aligned with him, I would assume that he would have at least thought that there'd be a chance that that idol could help him if they were mm -hmm. aligned. So he was just super willing to flush it. I thought that was interesting. He also revealed why he played his shot in the dark, and he said it was to avoid the vote and getting tangled up in this mess. I am torn on this. And Jeez, I was torn on this last time. Maybe you'll change my mind again, but... <laughs> Um, I was torn on how I felt about this because mm. on one side, I really understand like, Hey, this is somebody you really want to align with and you don't want to show like, I'm going to vote against you. Cause then they can't trust you moving forward. You literally voted for them at the first tribal council right. and just the sake of, well, I was just going with the tribe. That's not going to make anyone feel good about themselves. Mm. So do you think it was the right move? I'll ask you, do you think it was the right move to, to use a shot in the dark that can impact your game moving forward like you could have used it to save your game later in the game is it a smart move to use it to save your vote and to, to not show your cards in a certain situation i thought it was an interesting prospect but i'm a little torn on how i feel. i appreciate that he brought that approach to that decision like i can see the survivor fan in him um when it comes down to it you had the information that an idol, I mean, excuse me, that Brandon was being targeted by the majority. You casting your vote and supporting the person who you know is going to end up being the majority because they use their idol, um, that reinforces the person who you are closest to. The thing to think about that may be detrimental is since everyone was on board with that plan to get him out, you leave tribal and you're still at a three to two deficit without an advantage. And so. And a dislocated shoulder. And a, <laughs> I just had to toss that in. I'm sorry. A real advantage. <laughs> uh, 
so sorry we're looking at it in hindsight so it's right like it's difficult to really assess it fully but i think that when it comes down to it he benefited from it because he didn't have to play into the messiness that was that tribal and so it allowed there to be a primary target in place post-tribal in the form of Cain. I mean, also, do you think that might play... I I was just going to say, do you think that maybe plays into his hand accidentally? Because I don't... I mean, there's no way he could have anticipated having somebody like Kane where they're just like, ooh, now I'm caught in the middle of all of this and I don't know what to do. Right. Like, that's just part of... Yeah. I want to get longer... So that was a premiere episode. We got two hours. We can't get to more than two hours. I'm not asking for that. What I would like, though, is in these episodes, if we could not do an hour, if we could please do 90 minutes, because the little extra stuff we can get, like, compare it to RuPaul. Seriously, I'll, I'll compare it to literally any show that deserves a 90-minute episode, and I think RuPaul's Drag Race is perfect example. We've taught, I mean, the community's been discussing love it love it and it's and it's so well first of all thank god that WeHo is gone i am not shy to say that on this podcast um so second of all i'm just glad that you can get that context because like you lose so much of that context when um you don't like when everything is so crunched and i feel like what we got in the first episode was a little bit of a crunch because we had so many advantages yeah. and they're like we got to introduce this we got to introduce this we got to introduce this was done well so i don't want to deny that but i feel like now we're starting to kind of feel the backlash of some of the things we didn't see mm-hmm. because we had so much time discussing what the advantages are because i mean i recently went back to take these notes uh, they didn't allot any extra time um in the premiere episode especially uh to discuss what was going on pre-tribal and and have those dynamics discussed it was a normal timing for pre-tribal like what a single block and if you want to know um not not you ben but anybody who's listening um if we refer to blocks, we'll be talking about blocks in terms of like that is a block is what happens in between commercial breaks. So you have exactly. your A block. Exactly. So you have your A block, then a break, then a B block, then a break, then a C block. We won't talk about like ABC, but if you hear us using discussions about blocks, that's what we'll be discussing. So uh, discussing. So Can they we had use a different word because you're bringing me back to high school and what class <laughs> I had to go to. <laughs> well, w- Yes, but I apologize because that's the technical term in the media realm, but I don't judge you because I fucking hated block classes. Those were the worst. Well, we can call them segments. But so um, so you have your A, A segment, B segment, C segment. You have commercials in between. They use, the, they use a normal block or segment to discuss this pre-tribal, and I didn't think that was necessarily the right call because I think we needed a little bit more insight into some of the gameplay but Mm -hmm. just my opinion um so brandon is obviously upset that he has votes against him he's particularly particularly upset at kane he thought he had kane's vote he thought he had i'm just gonna say hear me out for someone like kane to gain the trust of someone like brandon and vice versa that's a big move on kane to just be like yeah i'm gonna vote out this guy that could provide this level of protection for me during the game like feels like the shield concept just went right over his head <laughs> well that's doesn't the have problem. To be your it personal have shield the, that's the problem he didn't have the shield because he didn't win immunity <laughs> <laughs> aren't you so funny i actually really like the new uh 
immunity symbols. They're really fun. I kind of like when when Jeff pulled the sword out of the the (laughs) shield. I was like, that was the corniest thing I think I've ever seen Jeff do. I'm not a fan of all of Jeff's corn, but that was fun. That was like when he was like, and you can slay. And I'm like, please, I love this. (laughs) More of this kind of Jeff. I want this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like i like seeing his like fun personality not when he's like i'm gonna psychoanalyze everything because mm-hmm. it's like love you to pieces not saying you can't but sometimes the players definitely outsmart you my guy <laughs> so, <laughs> i don't mean that pettily it's just i think people have posed it to him like how would you do on survivor he admittedly has said that like he'd probably do okay but he isn't sure he'd win. No, he wouldn't yeah he would, uh, there's no way the only way jeff would win is if he wanted a way like ken almost won survivor millennial versus gen x where it's just like i play a pure game and i win some challenges and people like me yeah it's the only way he would win a season <laughs> so going back right? to post-tribal um, exactly <laughs> what did what how are you feeling right now about the dynamics as a whole at ratu oh it's so fractured And I think one of the important points is, like, Lauren's advantage, we know what it is, right? The bank, the vote. They don't know what it is. But whatever she has is causing definite, like, chaos in the tribe. (laughs) She's like, am I wrong? It seemed like she was open about the fact that she had an extra vote after that. After that, She's like, I'm the power now. And I'm like, did everybody hear that? Did you really tell everybody that you have an extra vote? I don't know if she told them or if it was that she told them that she lost it. I see. I I went when I tell you I went back to the the phrasing. I'm just not sure, so I'm not gonna make an assumption because the way she phrased it sounded like she was telling them, but also not. Hmm. So like I'm je- I'm te- I'm straight fucking confused. <laughs> I don't know. I'll bet you we learn in the new episode. If it's not clear and I'm just not being dumb. Um. Yeah, I'm very curious (laughs) how things devolve because you have one duo officially in Matthew Mm -hmm. and Brandon. It said they were intended to be in the minority last time. You have someone identified as kind of that middle person in Kane who kind of wish-washed between what ended up being the majority and saying they were tight with the other guys on the tribe. You have... Lauren, who has this question mark of whether or not there's an advantage in play, and she also, it was shown that obviously she did not vote last tribal, and so what's the root of that? And then you have Jamie, who was the original person identified as a vote out prior to the immunity challenge last episode. And so there's a lot going on about if the duo can pull someone in, are they just going to, the majority going to keep to the three that they had previously and still target the two guys? It's just, it's, I'm curious to see like the domino effect of what happened. It's, it's the kind of chaos we look for. Cause it doesn't need to be the pure form of chaos where it's just everybody scrambling and you can't tell what's going on. That's almost not fun. No. <laughs> like, it's like organized chaos where you can at least follow what's going on, but everything is such an absolute mess. <laughs> there's no telling what direction it goes in right you know i meant to mention this in the last episode so i'll mention it here one of the things that i really like about this season is there is no way to really i mean someone could correct me i feel at least that there's no way to 
decipher exactly who's getting to that final three to the final episode because like i'll tell you i saw gabler right way right away as somebody who was getting to the final owen i was like come on that's so easy i couldn't peg everybody but there were there were people that seemed almost like shoo-ins to get in and it's like it's not that like there might be something that comes down the line that screws them up right and i'm totally aware but like for the most part it was like as long as something doesn't fuck them up they kind of right. seem like a shoe in to get to the final. Uh, Carla was not somebody I saw like that at the beginning, but after the first two episodes, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Please. I was going to say, dude, if you're saying that you knew Cassie was getting to the final three, I'm sorry, but no, no, I will tell lie. you straight up. She was one of the surprises that I did enjoy, but but should it only be one person that you're like, wow, can't believe it? Because I, I easily saw Gabler and Owen getting there and it, it wasn't really too shocking. I was beyond shocked yeah. that Cassidy was one of them and I don't mean that in a bad way I think, I think that, it's just yeah I think go for it one of the things that they've gotten better at is not having the focus be on the trajectory of the person who ultimately ends up winning I think that yeah. they're putting more stock into the power rankings as it appears on the island and translating that into the episode rather than translating the power rankings into who they want to be displayed as the best players because that shifts throughout the game right now we have some clear contenders but we know this contenders in the first couple of episodes can easily be undone by a twist or a swap or an advantage and so i think that they're doing better at having us follow along in the game rather than them dictating who we are supposed to be following i i really like that perspective because i think that's it's part of what I think is good for new age. Um, I still, I don't want to be me. I do think there are still improvements that can be made editing wise in terms of like how we're showing some of these relationships. But I think just it's leaps and bounds better than what we've been getting for the last few seasons. Mm -hmm. I also feel bad. I don't want to knock these last few seasons. They just weren't, I feel like they weren't fully coherent in terms of like a game, but I don't think they were all bad. I just think it's like, it's hard when you have, survivor going for themes and themes and themes and mm-hmm. for seasons on end where it's just like all of a sudden it's just survivor 41 and 42 and 43 and it's like what's the difference right so i think obviously we're only in survivor 44 <clears throat> i do think i will just say on a side note i think they need to start doing something different than just calling it 41 42 42. they you. need stuff because i there's no way i'm gonna keep for somebody who has problems with numbers, like, I'm not dyslexic. I don't think I have full dyscalculia, but, like, I'm not good with numbers. I can't mental math. I so, like, call them by the winner's name. It's Survivor Erica and Survivor Marianne and Survivor Gabler. And literally, if, if I can't call, like, it's called by their winner unless I can remember the specific season. And since they don't have names for their seasons it has to be survivor erica and survivor get and all those kinds of things but like it's like that's why it's helpful to have like a survivor fiji but now you can't call it survivor fiji because you're in fiji every goddamn season right but they've done why we're in before fiji. they've gone to the same place multiple times before and be able to rename it to something else but it's okay. not an excuse Nope. It, that was what I was going to say. It's okay to use the same place. Though I will say I'm going to argue against using Fiji more than the next couple of seasons. I don't think they're changing, but they really need to because uh, the survivor elements is getting lost in terms of like, there's no rain. 
there's nothing for them to battle against in the in the fucking and i'm not asking them like i'll tell you cambodia was a little much and that was not necessarily i think their fault i think it's just the weather pattern that came through when they were filming and they were stuck inside so much but i think they're afraid of something like that happening and it's like cool maybe just like do some research on some places <laughs> like i don't need to be a prick <laughs> like literally and then they're like see that's the weather it's like but they're not enduring the weather they're literally getting evacuated because they can't live in the weather that's not survivor and again not dragging those people because that's not their fault but it's like let's have some outside structure because if we're gonna have good new advantages we need to have themes for seasons Mm -hmm. and you know my concern is that it's partially because of the cvs viacom merger because what I've seen is that, like, challenge the challenge has been going through a lot of, like, I wouldn't say exactly similar issues, but they've been going through issues of their own where I'm kind of seeing, like, it's, like, production is getting a lot more lazy, for lack of a better term. And, like, the challenge has been going with spy-themed seasons for hmm. probably two years now. They can play and see. <clears throat> and it's really frustrating because, like... Um, not to get political on the show but i really could give fucks um this is the problem with mergers and like we're not just talking about mergers with like banks and big businesses like mergers include entertainment companies and when cbs and viacom merged i noticed a natural downfall in all of the reality television programming i don't watch other programming so i'm just not gonna like talk on it (laughs) i'm being dead honest but i'll actually say as part of watching at least on on cbs which is my my channel because of the shows that are on it um i'll tell you i've seen a significant decline in the comedy that exists on that channel cbs used to be the place i know it used to be nbc with like friends and all that stuff and then it slowly shifted over to cbs Mm -hmm. in like the mid to late 2000s and now it just feels like there's nowhere to go for comedy but we're having it like shoved down our throat lie that's a lie uh abbott elementary on abc the best (laughs) we love we stand uh, besides that, there is no there is no real comedy, and I literally have to force myself to watch a minute of ridiculousness every time I watch the no. challenge on MTV, and it makes me want to actually bang my head into a. F- it makes me want to bang my head into my coffee table. I hate it. I well, I don't want to, but I flip over because it's like you have thirty seconds until your recording starts. It's like cool, and then I just hear this is not viewer discretion is advised. And I'm like, I literally don't. Who watches this fucking show? Who? 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 I'm asking this question on this stupid podcast. Who? watches ridiculousness if you do reach out to me tell me you watch it why you watch it but i, I can connect you to therapy if that's the case <laughs> love it but seriously it's just so i heard you say the word relationship a couple of minutes back <gasps> oh let's talk about maddie and <laughs> and franny who you know uh, let me before i start this fun conversation um I did the annoying thing where when I was trying to predict who was going to win or lose the season, I went and looked through the promo and I'm like, I don't see Franny anywhere in here. So I'm worried she's an early boot. So I, I literally on TikTok predicted she was the first boot. So I was like, I don't see her. She's gone. But in my heart, before I even saw the promo, I was like, oh yeah, Franny, she's, she's a, she's a Cambridge girl, which 
for us resonates. <laughs> she, if you know Cambridge, Cambridge is like the smarty smarts of like Massachusetts. Like mm-hmm. you think Massachusetts is like the brains? If you go to Cambridge, that's the brains of the brains. That's the so, campus if we're talking about the brain. Also, uh, just want to remind people that Jeremy, yes, he was from Foxborough. He was a Cambridge firefighter. So Cambridge has uh, some history in mm-hmm. the Survivor fandom. I want to make that very clear. I don't know how Franny does, but it's, it's really well with me. And she and Matt are having a little bit of a, you know, people would call it a flirt mance, but I'm going to go and pull the Big Brother phrasing in. This is a full-on showmance at this point. Little. I, I challenge well, little. <laughs> the ar- the reason I would argue, and I think you're right, right? But the argue- the reason I use little is because Franny has already expressed concerns about this. She's very aware of the social impact that this can have and already is having on her game. So I'm really glad that she's aware because no offense to Matt. And I think part of it is because also Matt came out of a really tough relationship. So he's now enjoying somebody who he kind of has like a little bit of an interest in and I feel like there's just a couple little blinders on there because he's feeling a love that he didn't feel before. And so like, and I'm not saying like he's in love with Franny. It's just like that kind of connection. Not, let's not say love. I just, I feel bad for him because he's having a one dimensional like puppy dog edit where he, he like most of what I know about him is just that he got out of the long-term relationship that he really, really, really was connected to. And now he is trying to like, he's not trying to, but something is filling that void. And I almost wish that he didn't have to feel that. Like, I feel like that's like detrimental to a game though. Like why put some, and I'm not trying to say don't cast Matt. It's just like, maybe uh, maybe he didn't disclose and it maybe we also, didn't know but... that like this happened like right before he flew off or oh, something that's a good point Great so like point i Great mean point. to whomever did that if that's the case not the time or the place um, this is my middle finger for you yeah once in a lifetime might opportunity nice and you give them an anchor not a good play <laughs> literally or... break up with them after the goddamn show i'm not exactly. trying to be a prick but like literally just be their anchor and if you don't want to be the loved one, they're not sending loved ones out here right now. You don't have to be a loved one, even if they were. Just say somebody else. Imagine if they did have a loved one and she was on and <laughs> broke up with them on the island. Well, that's what I thought about when it when it came to, remember, uh, uh, Second Chance. And Spencer was like, I've never said I love you to my girlfriend. And I'm not judging because there are people who have those boundaries, right? But then his girlfriend showed up on the island and he goes, I love you. And I remember in that moment, sitting there being like oh no oh no oh no this isn't the time or the place i'm sorry but what if she says no luckily she she said it back but i was just like yo can you imagine can you imagine if and he i know he said oh she said it so many times i guess i'm a little overthinking that but it's still just kind of one of those things where i'm just like oh that was a choice it was a choice i would not have made Mm -hmm. but it also was like breaking up with somebody before survivor is also a choice i would not have made the only condition I would say is unless it was so toxic that it's like absolutely the fuck not, which we don't have insight into. No. But I'm not I'm not assuming that's the case, so I don't want that to be put out there. Can we talk about the big long rod joke? The what? <laughs> the big long rod. They were talking <laughs> he literally couldn't they were like building the shelter and he's like, Yeah, that's a really nice big long rod or something like that with Franny and she's just like, Please stop talking. <laughs> I'm going to have no comment when it comes to that rod. We'll we'll pass that. But really, the big thing 
Franny is talking about is con- she's concerned about the optics of their relationship. Um, and not even talking about like having a relationship, just having a friendship, right? Um, she's like happy that Matt trusts her, but she's worried that their tribe mates are going to see them as a pair. Which in- they are like, starting to. Claire, Claire. Claire is like number one on their tail. So I think they have to be careful about that. And I'm just curious to see, like, my question is, when is Franny going to realize that Matt is too much of a detriment to her game? I think that she realizes it, but the optics have already been put into place. And I think that along the lines of what you said about seeing the promotion materials and not seeing Franny, I predict that it may be that that's because she ends up being an early boot because of Matt becoming an anchor on her because they see her as more rational and Matt is really blinded by this breakup and stuff like that. I just hope that they don't vote her first over Matt because I would just be like, why are we <laughs> why are we voting up? I, I can see it happening too. I'm not saying it will, but I can just like, oh, but he is just the puppy dog who just wanted a relationship. And like, are we actually really going to just go directly to defending the male in the situation? I don't mean to be that person, but it always feels like it's like, well, what does the man think? Because their emotions, they're having emotions. It must be the valid ones. And it's like, what about Franny's? Because Franny has made, we've already seen in this episode, she's like made it clear on multiple occasions. She's like, yeah, I'm very aware that he's clinging to me. No, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Like, obviously on her end, she's being clear with us in confessionals. She's like, yeah, of course it's great to have somebody like that that's close to you. But she's also made it clear where she's like, yeah, the tribe is picking up on this and I'm not sure how I feel about it. So like, It's either going to go one of two ways, I think. Either Franny gets the boot because of it, or Franny has to actively turn on him in order to remove that optic from the game. And really, to that point, dude, we have to talk about that would be just about as close. I won't say it's the exact same thing, because there's nothing that compares to mother-daughter. But that would be very similar to what Ciara did to her mom in in, (laughs) in, uh, Blood versus Water, where it's literally just like, we are fam- Goodbye. I'm sorry. It's a fan, but you it's are just saying like, that a mother-daughter relationship is not, on the not. same level not. as a no. six-day no. rotation. It's friendship. not. It's not. I promise you, I'm not saying that. I'm just being like, I'm trying to find because I can't think of literally any other like romantic relationship that like gets like blown up in the middle because they're just like, haha, fuck you. <laughs> Besides, sweet old Billy sweet billy and that that was not what happened to him he was just like i thought candace really liked me and i'm just like you are so cute that's not what happened (laughs) but you are sweet so those kinds of things that's what i like um no they're definitely not the same but uh yeah i think it's interesting to are you still laughing at me no he's the main bitch (laughs) Nah, but I think it's an interesting discussion to um, not the mother-daughter versus this. <laughs> I think it's an, it's an interest, interesting discussion to have. I mean, you could probably think about other blood versus water couples, but I don't think a lot of them were necessarily put in the position 
that we're looking at in terms of like an early blooming relationship um and obviously like they're not in a relationship so it is definitely different so i don't want to like conflate it and be like it's the same because i think you're really smart to be like the the dynamics there are not (laughs) not on the same playing field but i do think it's interesting to talk about and think about how franny is going to handle this relationship because she's very clearly aware and Matt is clearly not. And I just don't know where this goes from here. And that's kind of my concern for them. Yeah. Um, so we got over some interesting stuff. Oh yeah. So before we get onto immunity, I want to talk about the fact that was, there was some idol hunting going on. Oh, there <laughs> was. One person was not successful, but two people were. Uh, poor old Kane could not find the idol uh, for his tribe. I think this is going to be an interesting thing to see because so his thought process is Brandon just used an idol. That must mean there's an idol existing now somewhere on this beach. I still think that's probably the case, but my question, the question comes into my mind because that there's that little fake idol like, oh, are they not going to replant until that fake idol's gone too? Mm-hmm. Um, it's curious because the idol was played in such a different manner compared to how it usually is like Mm -hmm. in the usual circumstance you find a hidden immunity idol because it is hidden somewhere in your tribal camp or surrounding area whereas this one was in the open so my question is whether or not they like it we know now because we went another episode and there wasn't any mention of it being reset in the cage my question is whether or not they consider it different than a normal immunity aisle because of the twist of the cage so like i don't know whether they will replace it or not i just i know this is this would be really hard for them to explain so i'm not saying they have to but i do wish we could know like, I wish there was some way maybe on the note or something like that that Brandon got where it's just like, oh, this idol. I know they don't put that on there, so I, I shouldn't say that because that's not classic Survivor. I'm just trying to think of ways that they could have told the fans that and mm. not the players, right? Because it's not – because obviously I don't think you want the players to know that, right? It's more about the fans know, and if the players can figure it out, that's kudos to them. Yeah. And I mean, kudos to Kane, because Kane was like, oh, there must be an idol still out there. And I'm, I do wonder if there might still be one and he didn't find it because he found a crab. Boy, he killed himself with that moment, though. <laughs> he, I mean, people were suspicious, but they couldn't really put their finger on it yeah. until he was like, I found a crab in the middle of a tree. <laughs> and Matt's like. That was so hilarious. And they're, they're literally all just like, yeah, you don't find you don't find crabs in trees like that unless you're looking for an idol so (laughs) goodbye uh kane a little concerned for his tribal status moving forward but i think there's some flexibility i will say on the last point about like informing fans i wish they did something similar to like ponderosa where it's like after the snuffing and it includes like in context like not included in the episode because of needing to be concise, but still pertinent to dynamics of what occurred in the game so that they are able to give a more comprehensive picture, especially when they're condensing stuff into 60 minute episodes, which are technically 41 minute episodes with ads. 
Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, we're, if we're only going to get 45 minutes of content at most, and I'm, I'm giving them the round up, 40 minutes if we're really being realistic. Like, that's because we're going to talk about transitions and all the camera plays that they're going to give. It really is down to 40 minutes of content. So, I, I'm with you. I think... I think we really need, if they're going to have this kind of questioning, because we also talked about uh, the inheritance advantage where we're like, what, how the fuck does this work? If you're not going to explain it to us, don't do it. Right. If you can't find a way to, in the edit, explain it to us, like literally just have Jeff. Why Why can't you just have Jeff? Because like, it feels like they're not using him in the right way anymore if they're going to expand these kinds of advantages. Let him explain it. He doesn't have to be in front of them. I know that's not Survivor style, but there's a lot that they're not doing that was old Survivor style. So mm -hmm. bring it, like, one of the things that I think of is is Amazing Race. I'm not sure how you're how familiar you are, familiar you are with it, but um, one of the things they do is whenever they have a new challenge that somebody gets to the box, Phil Kogan will every single time be like all right here's the challenge here's how i'm going to explain how and he explains it for how it will work yeah and if he doesn't explain how something works it's because somebody's reading a clue where it says like warning blah 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 oh god we have to worry about that okay mm -hmm. so like if he's not saying it the people are saying it so it is always made clear what is going on to yeah. the fans so if if survivor is having a problem with that i need them to get jeff in there and literally just be like they're going on a journey and Jeff's going to explain what the advantages are. And then you see them get the advantages, right. you know? Like, I think that like, with like, if it was more than two years ago, I would have been like, okay, I don't know about that. Like interjecting Jeff into the right. episode. That's not the flow that survivor is built on. However, in the past <laughs> two years, they have had those moments where it is a Jeff monologue. And so I think that this is the point where they are able to integrate that in to make things more apparent, like in the inheritance advantage to how it, plays yes i agree and it's like I, I i'm really with you on that because it really was a different dynamic compared to like the two shows like like phil was always explaining everything to a t right and jeff has always just been the figure that's there like they have it's just different filming models mm -hmm. um i do just hope that they can see what works with phil's model in terms of like hey if if the players can't explain it to you we will because leaving fans out of the loop in terms of how things work i think part of it might be because they're like oh, storyline because when this gets used we'll explain it and it's like because mm -mm -mm -mm. like we want to follow along and figure out what's going on we don't want to predict everything no one's saying we're sitting here being like i have to know it's just we want to we want to be able to see it coming without right. being confused. Cause if it happens and you're like, well, how the fuck did this? And then they do what they did last season where they're like, well, it's because this person slipped it to this person and then this and then this. And it's like, that's not how you tell right. a story. I'm and sorry. Like, not on reality television. No. And remember advantages at the, at its core are twists to the game. And you are producing this for an audience as much as you're producing a game for the people involved in it. So you have to make it abundantly clear to all involved about what that twist entails yeah and i just don't feel like we're getting that when it comes to the inheritance advantage specifically um i want to make that super clear because the bank your vote was made very clear but this <laughs> it's like they made it super clear for one and the other one we're just like left questioning mm -hmm. i can see where that might be part of the edit 
if it is, it's not the move I would make because, again, I just think that it's it's important to have people know what's going on. But on the other hand, there were two idols that were found. Yes. Uh, let's start with the less dramatic one, and then we'll move on to the one <laughs> that will cause so much conversation. Compared to the second one, everything is less dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, Danny has had me on a fence. I have not known how to feel about this man. And... Um, I can see your face. <laughs> um, so Danny is the one that finds Soka's idol. Um, unlike Brandon, he's like, Wahaha, I plan on telling no one, which I enjoy. Um, he opens the cage alone. Unlike Brandon's, though, he doesn't have a fake idol. He has a fake coin, which I think is really fun. I really liked that they switched it up and they were like, Hoo-hoo, something different for a different tribe. Yeah. But I don't. Didn't they give an, a fake idol to Carolyn as well? So it was like two fake idols and then a fake coin. So I think like, they were given three different objects. And I think that that's really important for if they wanted to put include good. this in the twist. Because that way, if Danny was to come on the fake idol that Carolyn had, for example, they would have an awareness that it's fake. Whereas if it was different, he could re- readily think that it's a real thing. And I think that that was something that showed forethought when it comes to the producing of this twist. I loved, I I mean, I mentioned this in the last episode. I was on the fence. I now really enjoy this twist because of the social dynamic that can really come from it. No, because of um, me. You enjoy it because of me and my argument. <laughs> Correct, and it's because of the argument that you made about the social dynamic. You're welcome. <laughs> but I still love you. <laughs> you are the best. <laughs> but um, yeah, so one of the things I want to note is that, so Danny found the idol. He found the key first, mm-hmm. unlocked it, got the idol, made it so the bag did not look touched. He was just like, this is mine. Here you go. Nobody can tell that this has been moved and he was being very sneaky. God love Carolyn. She did not do the same thing. No, not at all. <laughs> but God love Carolyn. She found the idol. <laughs> so like, this will be a fun discussion because this is really going to go into. I, I personally very much enjoy Carolyn um, as a character, as a person. Just in general, she's so much fun to watch on this show. So when I tell you I saw her find this idol, I did not ever expect her to. Neither (laughs) did their tribe mates. She is something else. I'm trying to find the words because like. So she find. let me just explain it and then we'll try and find words for it. (laughs) So both her and Danny find their keys at the base of a tree. Um... I will say she literally goes, yeah, I compared it to searching for my son's tooth in his poop for three days. And I'm like, sweetheart. No. Bad analogy. That's going in there. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's a great analogy, but the second it came out of her mouth, she had to know it was going immediately on camera. You're not going to leave a poop analogy out of this, right? And the picture of her sweet little son with the missing tooth. I'm like, why did you subject? Why? Why did you subject him to this? (laughs) I thought that was absolutely hilarious. She's like, I searched his poop. (laughs) I was that determined. So I think I can find a hidden immunity item. Like, I mean, if you can search poop, you can find find an idol. I guess that's a good cause. (laughs) But the problem is when she did find the, she found the key and then found the idol or unlocked the idol. The problem that she had was she moved the bag and did not 
first of all, she didn't even keep it there. No. Then she realized, oh my god, people are going to see this. So she sprints back and puts it back, and it's not looking the same that it used to. And Carson is like, yeah, this isn't right. (laughs) What she put back looks like it went through a war. Because I do think a part of part of it was like she was just like I gotta get this back in. I gotta make sure this looks good. And it did go. not. <laughs> Doesn't look good. Take the extra ten seconds. And I know I think a part of that was like she didn't think she had the extra ten seconds, right? Or she was just like I gotta you can run and pull a drawstring. <laughs> God love this woman. She is literally like. I, I, what I like about her is she's not like survivor trained in the mind where it's like she knows what's good, but she's not sitting here just like kind of like Carson where it's like methodical movements every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. She's still playing with her heart and she's but she knows the game, which I think is really fun. And the fact that she ends up using this to bond with Jam Jam mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things i think i mentioned it in the last episode but like when jam jam found out that she had the idol and like they were gonna like kind of like flip things on its side he was just like we're old and we're crazy but we have fun on survivor and it's like why i really love those kinds of characters and mm-hmm. why we talked last episode kind of breaking down the archetypes that we've had build up and and kind of whether we build new ones or just avoid them all together i i think it'll be interesting moving forward because because it's two very not archetype people now connected to one very archetype person if they make the final six survivor has to understand they cannot deviate from that kind of stuff like they have to find characters and it's not about putting them on the same tribe together it's just finding some fucking characters and seeing what the fuck they're willing to do Because I think sometimes we get too many calculated people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with people who are calculated. Because I think you need the diversity in kinds of gameplay, right? But when you have everybody who's going to be calculated and aren't willing to just be like, and like, like, just go find random stuff and be crazy and just kind of play by the seat of their pants you lose some of what survivor was supposed to be, which is not supposed to be predictable. It's just supposed to be like, Hey, how do you survive? Mm-hmm. Survival's never supposed to be predictable. Um, so I think that's an interesting point. Um, God, this immunity challenge was another one of those stupid complex obstacle courses. At this point, if they do one of these, I'm not even explaining it. <laughs> Cause like, there's no point. You just know they go through some obstacles and they have a puzzle to solve at the end. The end, like that's about it. Ta-da. Um, I know we mentioned this in the last episode, but I want more personality-based competitions, endurance-based stuff. Like, where are the weight-bearing challenges? Where are the voting for who has the weirdest personality based on this question challenges? Where are like, the throw throw a ball at a fucking plate with a person's name on it, and whoever is out after three is out of the challenge? Or uh, the one-on-one battles. Remember when they would like hold I like idols, or they would mud wrestle? Give us those, like hear me out Uh, those are the things we're really missing and um i'm sorry they're doing them on australian survivor they can be done if you think that we're bored you need to find other ways to do it because 
there's actually no boredom in those challenges. The ones we don't want to see are the snake puzzle that we got at the end of this fucking challenge. Like, that's like, if we're, like, I'm not trying to be a jackass, but, like, they're picking the wrong challenges to to, to root out. Mm -hmm. They're like, this is what people want to see. No, we don't want to see the snake challenge for, I don't know, the 10th season of Survivor. Um, we're done with it. We've seen plenty of people do it. Matt literally said, I built this in my backyard. I practiced. And so, like, people are, like, so surprised that they did well. And the fact that there have been not one, but two featured, two segments dedicated to contestants who have replicated challenges is a problem. That is a big problem. But they're promoting it like it's a good thing. And that's my actual concern. I'm not trying to drag them, but like you that shouldn't be something you're actually proud of. Correct. Like, I'm not saying don't promote the fact that Carson did like 3D print all of these puzzles, right? No one's saying that, but like if you're then gonna put one of those 3D puzzles on the goddamn show, not saying they have yet, but I can only imagine they're gonna do some form of it. And they're like, well, we changed it because Carson doesn't know it like this. It's like you think he's not gonna solve it. You think he's not going to see a hanging fish puzzle and know how to solve it. You don't think he's going to see a fire puzzle and know how to solve it. You don't think he's going to see that ring puzzle that they had back for whatever, brains versus bronze versus whatever. Yeah. That ring puzzle, you think he hasn't at least thought about how that strategy works? Like, I'm sorry, but if you want to avoid those people, you have to change the puzzles all the time. And when we see a snake puzzle that we've seen at least half a dozen times at least a half a dozen times it doesn't work well when we are watching people who are just so good at these puzzles and it's Mm. like no one's saying don't cast good puzzle people i want that don't give them puzzles they know right because i love ellie uh was it ellie that did it a couple seasons ago yeah love ellie literally one of my favorite people to be cast recently if not ever she was a great casting um there was no reason to give her that puzzle why 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 make it even an opportunity for her to, to to solve that puzzle if you knew that was what she had done even if you didn't know pre-production she had mentioned it in her confessionals mm-hmm. so it's like if you hear in a confessional that she knows how to do a challenge maybe just rethink doing that specific challenge to, to make it fair it's not that like because i loved her and i would i was super happy to see her just be like boop 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 i got it but that's not fair for everybody else. And if we really want to have equal playing field, that's how I feel. So with the snake puzzle, because that's really all I honestly want to talk about with this need to be challenge. Um, Ratu went from last to first, which I absolutely love. But we have to again mention that it was because Matthew did it. And he had it. it fucking challenge. So that's why we're talking about this because it's like, so Ratu literally went from, from last to first because the person they put at that challenge had practiced it. I'm just waiting for like next episode. The final part of it is going to be the fucking tree puzzle. Oh, for, or the fire one. Literally either of those, I'm going to look at them. And I'm just going to be like, please, if, if Carson's doing it, then they, they at least yeah. aren't going to tribal. I don't so care what like, place they come in. Like, like Thinking about it, even from the context of this season, the slide puzzle I'm fine with that because they incorporated a new element of people having to physically move it because it was so big. Like and even slide the, puzzles are difficult. Exactly. Like, not just like one one solution fits all. So I think 
I just think it's important that they try. Like we we bitch about this all the time. <laughs> we don't like these. Whether it comes down to uh, like it comes down to a puzzle all the time, right? And it's just like there's no point in having the same set of rules or just this like this constant concept of like we're gonna do all these obstacle courses leading up until this puzzle and it's just it i don't know i think i've ranted about it a million times it's just it's it's such an overdone concept yeah and then when you let someone i mean really i i don't like to call things tropes (laughs) it's so true though because i think they think it brings to the drama and at the end of the day it's really not it used to and no one's saying that it didn't bring drama at some point but Mm -hmm. at this point we're not getting the entertainment that we used to out of it um and if they really want these challenges to be entertaining they need to change something and my issue is that challenges were one of the things that like especially with old survivor when we were watching week to week and it's i mean we're still doing that now obviously but when the promos were actually interesting because the promos now are just tune in next week at this point They don't give you anything to tune in next week. And part of it will be challenges, right? Where it's like, oh, this challenge looks insane. I can't even tell who would win. And when they give away, half of it would be like, I can tell who's going to tribal council half the time Mm -hmm. because of the edit that they do. And it's like, oh, okay. So if they're talking about going to tribal, like, yes, some of those conversations can be pre-immunity challenge, but it's really obvious to even semi- (laughs) like modern fans when these discussions are being had because they've already been sent to tribal council Mm -hmm. and so it's just like they're not i I feel like there's not enough differentiation when it comes to um teasing people being worried about it and then people just being like i'm going because it's so obvious who is going in these promos at this point like going to tribal not going home but like because i'll see stuff and it's like oh this competition and you see people struggling and then all of a sudden the next shot is somebody talking about going to tribal council. I'm like, Oh, okay. So you're going to tribal next week. Thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. I don't need to watch the challenge at fucking all because I already know who's going to tribal council. <laughs> um, so that's one of my kind of pet peeves. I'm with you. on um, that. So, so Ratu came in first, uh, Soka came in second and Tika came in third, which means Tika's going to tribal council. Um, rough for them because they're really hurting at this point they're going down to four people after three even two votes because they didn't even vote out so it's rough for them um and they're already looking at carolyn to kind of be the first off and helen's like you know she's a wild card um it's not because of the idol it's because like she is just out there um also worth noting that Sarah doesn't have a vote and she's kind of hiding it decently well. Um, but like there are people who are kind of poking some holes in the story, but it's to be discussed a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing is that Jam Jam, here's the whole plan to get Carolyn out and is like, absolutely not. And goes right to <laughs> Carolyn. And bro, I, I usually don't, I mean, I do enjoy when people's plans get foiled, but sometimes I don't because I like when, like, I don't know. It's fun to see things be dynamic. Uh, this was a fun one. This was fun to watch this plan get spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to that quote, he's literally like, we're old people, but we're here to play. And I'm like... And this is why I love watching you two play. Because they're also, like, they aren't, like, the classic 
calculated survivor players. They're just like, fuck it. Let's have fun. Let's vote some people out and cause some chaos. And yeah. I like that vibe. Um, they both wanted to get out Helen too, which yeah. was hilarious that they both had the same idea. They like did this one, two, three thing. <laughs> on the count of three, put the first letter of their name on your fingers. <laughs> but Her- Carolyn did this and I was like, a W? <laughs> She was like, it's an H. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But she did this. And I'm like, who's W? Who's W? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Lost me on that one. Um, but so really, it does come down to Carolyn and Jam Jam are talking about like, hey, if 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 this vote isn't going to go their way, we want to have control of the vote. And mm-hmm. person they want out is not getting mentioned right away. But uh, it's very clear to us that it's Helen. Um I'm really tribal. Didn't give us much to work with. I'm kind of sad. Did you like, have a tribal feeling was... about which way it would go prior to the vote? I did. I did. And it what I felt it wasn't set in stone until Helen said the comment that I'm about to bring up where she was like, I'm worried about living a life of delusion. And like, I don't want to be like thinking that everything's going one way and then it's another. And Jeff's like, that would be a blind side. <laughs> That is how blind sides work. And she's like, well, yes. And I felt back. So that's exactly it. But it's like, yeah. Um, there's, she had an interesting reaction to that where she was just kind of, it felt very defensive in that rather than just her explaining how she felt. Um, I'd like to go back maybe and listen to how Jeff phrased that question because I didn't mm. think about it in that moment because I think sometimes that can definitely play into how somebody answers a question. But I, I really feel like a lot of it, what she was talking about in that tribal was like she was afraid of living in a delusion and not knowing what was going on. And that's pretty much all we got. Like we got some like Carolyn emotion and just talking about some tribe dynamics, but out of the first two episodes, I was kind of disappointed with the first two tribal councils. Like, not in terms of the results, but, like, what we got there. But I guess to that point, do we need a crazy tribal council? I feel I, I feel like we got... I got I got what I was looking for out of the first tribal. I think with the second one, there was a little something there, primarily with whether or not Carolyn was going to flush her idol and have it be back-to-back idol flushes. Right. Um, but you're right in that there wasn't there wasn't a lot of uncertainty going in other than that. Yeah. So I did find it interesting. So the vote went it went the way I personally had better sweet feelings about because Helen is Massachusetts girl, so we love her over here. <laughs> um, sweet Helen um, ended up going out um, on a three to one vote. So basically, um, she was the only person to vote for uh, Carolyn. So, so basically, what we're saying is, if you live in New England or the Boston metro area, don't apply for Survivor because you could be Bruce, you can be Helen, and you will be out very quickly. Unfortunately, if you're not a Bruce or a Helen, you are a Boston Rob, and there's no in between. Or a Jeremy. Or a Jeremy. Oh, please, thank you. Yes, or a Jeremy. But if you're not a Boston Rob or a Jeremy you out yeah my condolences <laughs> so, so Ben, i think that ruins our chances not ruins but i think that significantly jeopardizes our chances getting on this show and doing i, I take back my comment <laughs> i want to be on this show so well it's so bad but like literally thinking about that it's like i'd probably be i'd, I'd be the can uh, the karen 
<laughs> I would not be the Karen. No, I'd be the Carolyn of my tribe, where I'd just be like, la, 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 la. I think you have a little bit more composition. <laughs> Do I? Marginally. <laughs> Marginally, I think is the correct answer. <laughs> I was going to say, to the tribe, yes. To the producers, fuck no. <laughs> no, you think the producers would see me and think that I'm saying? You, I'd be saying too much. Would you howl in your first confessional is my question. No, but can I say I would I wouldn't judge what she said in her first confession. How do I answer? <laughs> it's like uh-huh. just say where you're from and who you are and I'd be like, "What?" What that? <laughs> no, I oh, she her and Jam Jam. And I'm not saying I I actually this is one of the casts in general that I'd love to meet as a whole. Like I feel like there are very few people on this cast that I wouldn't like to meet. Like, I don't need to be best friends, but they all seem super interesting people. But God, Carolyn and Jam Jam are the people I want to meet the most. They seem so fun. And I, I, I think personally I have a nice connection with Carolyn because, because of her past and what she works towards and the fact that she's just unapologetically herself. And that she's not afraid. Like, she knows she's kooky, right? She's just like, yes, yep, she, I know yeah. I am wild. But I I like that because I think a lot of people, especially when they go on reality television, want to kind of rein that back naturally. Masking. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've masked for, what, 28 years of my life? That's probably, if I was cast any time before this, what I would do. Probably even even after this for at least a few years because you have to be comfortable with who you are. And I really like that about her and Jam Jam. That's what I want to really like. Not just be like, they're the best, but... I enjoy that about their personalities. I think we have a lot of people who are comfortable with themselves too this season, which I really, really like yeah. because it makes for more impressive gameplay. I think down the line, it doesn't mean it has to be historic because I, I mean, I think people think like great gameplay has to be historic. It doesn't. It just, the question for me is, do you want to go rewatch that season? And no offense, but the the last three seasons, I have no desire to go rewatch because I can. It's so predictable. The gameplay is not as dynamic. This it's already giving the makings of. I can't wait to watch this season back after this is over. Because I've rewatched two episodes, just even taking notes, and it's so freaking fun. Yes. So this is about the end of the episode, but I wanted to note one thing about uh, Helen's vote out. <laughs> So we'll kind of wrap here. So feel any feel free to like have any thoughts here. Um, Helen told Dalton Ross for EW that she was really not happy about going out and that she's like a typical sore loser. Yes, so she's like that. she was super open. I love. I'm glad that she was at least honest, right? She was just like, look, I'm a sore loser. I hate losing board games. I hate losing everything. So this did not sit well you with me. But she was saw humble. That. And you, if when you rewatch, yeah. you better have seen that. It was you like, see it in the. And she said face. it. I think that she said it. I, I hope I'm not mixing her and Maddie up. She said herself, like I dissociated when that happened. No, I think you're correct. Was that during when, like, the final part where they're showing the votes back? And yeah. They're just like I think I'm almost positive you're right on that. She was blank stare, like it was as if she was in The Walking Dead when she got up from that she- seat, grabbed her torch, and walked around. She actually said that her body went into shock. Yeah. No, not say I, I. So hear me out. I'm not a medical expert, so I don't know what shock entails. Would not surprise me. Would not surprise me because even if it's not the physical trauma level of shock, um, if it's a mental level of 
whatever that can be yeah she definitely had that because one of the things she mentioned was that she was upset because she had spent so much time applying for the show that she really loved and i know this happens for so many people so she's not alone right but for so many people when they're these early vote outs you spend so much time applying for the show and you're so passionate and you're so excited and then you get on and you are the second person out it would just it would shatter like and you're like this is it I know that this is it. Like, I'm not going to get another chance at this, at this stage in the game. Like, unless you're Bruce, unless you get a concussion or slice your head open, you're not getting the second opportunity. And it just... Or you're a Carolyn or a Yam Yam where you're so outstanding that you have, like, the wild personality. Because they don't bring back people who are wallflowers. They don't. And I'm not saying that Helen was attempting to be. I think she was doing actually everything she could to not be. And it's just when you are a second vote out... Unfortunately, when it comes to edits, very rarely are you not going to be considered a wallflower because of the edit. And it's not your fault. Probably on the tribe, that wasn't even necessarily the case. But mm-hmm. when it comes to how the edit has to go and how you're going out, um, I think this sounds super harsh. And I don't, I don't think this, but I think this is how it goes. If you're not meaningful to the edit, they don't care how they push you out. Like, it's just like, yep. So once you're done with the edit, you're gone. And it's just kind of like, they didn't see much value to her in terms of the storyline. And so there wasn't much like to play from, which I disagree with because if you look back at savvy, just the savvy challenge itself, there was clearly stuff for them to play with. Um, and I understand it's just an early boot. That's why I want longer episodes because I don't think we get enough. No. And we could have seen more of what happened with Helen and this whole tribe dynamic, but instead we just kind of got robbed. I do have one question before we wrap. Absolutely. In an ideal world where Bruce was not medevaced, how do you foresee if they went to tribal it going? Because I personally believe that if Bruce was there we would have a much different outcome unless the idol comes into play if Carolyn was to get it as we and also think about that though because would Carolyn have gotten that idol though like I think it's such a great question because it really plays this domino effect that we discuss on this show where it's like we've already talked about Bruce leaving this show had such a significant impact on Tika on the entire game um, I really think you're right. And so really it comes down to, I'm like looking at this little cast of like, who could have gotten this idol? And I think that given Bruce being like level-headed and leader, like I truly feel like it would have probably gone down four to two and either Carolyn or Jam Jam would have gone had the idol not been something in play. I worry so about I, it. Could I really Jam do think Jam. that this is something where, Helen really did get the shortest of the short end of the stick with Carson. I lied. Two questions, because that's the next question. Carson and his decision. (laughs) But when it comes to your original question, I really do think that the rational heads would have overcome over the crazy fun people. Well, and so the question that Ben is bringing up is because uh, Carson's basically the reason that this vote swung in this direction. And it's because he walked, not fully walked in, but he, walked in on a conversation that Carolyn and Jam Jam were having um, and they were willing to be able to really kind of open up to him and just be like, okay, this is what we're thinking about doing. This is how we're planning on doing things. And if you want to join us, I think that was a ballsy move on their part because they were already in the minority. And the fact that I think part of it was because 
Carson walked up on them, right? And so you're kind of in that position of, do you include them? Do you not? It's still ballsy. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's still ballsy. And it was a ballsy move that paid off. And I think one of the things, so Kelly Wentworth is back on TikTok. Missed her, loved her. Still love her. Um, one of the things she says is, if you go on Survivor and you think that you can get through the game simply on your skill, like, stop. You have to have luck. And that's just how Survivor works. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, as much as you want, like, you can do everything you can on Survivor, but if luck does not swing your way, it's just how it works. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing about Survivor that makes it fun for fans, but as people play the game, for players. <laughs> and for those of us that, like, analyze it and want to root for people in that way, like, I'm not trying to be like, woe is us, because absolutely not imagine what they go through like i said with helen being like yeah i spent all this time <clears throat> trying to get on the show and i was the second boot it's like i if that was me i would i would probably be crying forever so mm -hmm. i get it i'm never judging it is just such an interesting discussion to have yeah. honestly i think it's gonna be interesting for us to kind of put into context moving forward with this season and God, this season's really been providing for us. Yes. Like she's giving. She is giving. But I'll say, uh, if if they want to continue giving, the next change they need to make is improving their promos because their promos make me not Super give flat. a fuck about Super next. Super like, It's so bad because, like, again, Danny and I, my boyfriend and I, were watching Token Teens back. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. So we're rewatching season eighteen, right? <laughs> It's every every promo is wild, even if the next episode isn't insane. Mm -hmm. And I feel like comparing it to the new ones, they're trying to put too much into the new ones almost, where it's just like this thing from the game and this thing from the game. It's like, find one moment that's going to make people be like, holy shit, I cannot miss this. And that's all yeah. you really need. Like, I'm just throwing coach out because we we're talking about that and this is gonna be a fake situation but it's like coach might have broken his leg because he fell from a rock what will happen like if matt had fallen from that rock on a different episode literally just use that as your one promo and that's all you need you don't need any other discussion it's like and one survivor might not make it to the next tribal council see him tumble and then you hear kane and maddie go oh my god and then cut off that's the promo you want Mm -hmm. Need something that people are like, oh my god, I have to watch the next one. It's all about the hook. But I feel like when it like we're losing that hook because they're so accustomed to week after week after week after week, and they're like, well, whatever. People are committed, so they'll watch. And it's like, do you not understand? You're missing the water cooler con content that you used to have. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to go into work and be like, did you see Bruce? I'm throwing Bruce's name out. <laughs> Did you see Matt fall from a rock? Did you see this person break their leg? Did you see this person use an idol? Like, do you want to watch next week with me? Like, there used to be people who would do survivor watch parties. Speaking Those of don't which, exist anymore. on this point, I think that Abby will agree with me that in two and a half weeks' time, we may spend our Wednesday night in South Boston with Johnny Fair playing yes. Sandra Diaz Twine. I think that might be something we may be uh, aiming to do. We'll report uh, back. Especially next episode. Uh, but just so you guys know, that is definitely on our radar. Um, and especially, I will be posting on TikTok if you guys want to know if I'm going to be attending, which especially if we can attend, will be a yes. <laughs> so I love that shit. And also, have you heard about the rumors about Johnny Fairplay? No, give me the tea. Tea? 
Now, this this show I've actually heard has been rumored in production multiple times, but from what I can tell, it might have actually been filmed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's reportedly this new reality television show that's been filmed for E! that is called House of Villains, and he's on it. You want to know who else is on it? can only imagine. Please enlighten me. Johnny Bananas. Do you know who that is? Of course. The challenge. Good. Rachel Riley. Of course. <laughs> Farrah Abraham. Who? Farrah Abraham from Team Mom. Farrah. I'm not. I'm other than the challenge. I'm not MTV savvy. Uh, so she is. Uh, she was on Team Mom. Um, she has done some corn. I don't even want to say the word on this podcast. We're wicked unscripted, but I'm not. I'm like she word. was a member of the band. No, she's from Corn. <laughs> no. Yo, hold on. Give me one sec. Let me pull this up one sec, because I'll tell you. Hold on. House of the Villains. Not Mickey Mouse. Please don't give me Mickey Mouse. Villains. E, please. The real. Person. Oh, it's got an IMDb at this point. Does it really? Oh, that's bad, because that means that there's a lot of people on this show. Let's see. We got Corinne Olympios. We got. Oh, yeah. So do you know who that is? Nope. Okay, have oh. you heard of bachelor drama about so- about somebody getting kicked off because of sexual harassment? Yikes. That's her. Um, New York is on it. Yes, yes. Okay, people are going to lose their fucking minds because they've wanted Tiffany on Celebrity Big Brother since they've Yeah. <laughs> since it's existed. I'm glad you're on this right now cuz I can't even I don't even see the IMDb. Love that you have this up. Okay, but that's about it. We're getting distracted now. (laughs) One second. I want to talk about it for two seconds because we're going to wrap this episode in like one sec. Yeah, so what? Rachel Riley, Johnny Bananas, Tiffany Pollard. Eh. Yeah, John Dalton, if you're looking at the cast list, that's that's fair play. Um, oh, you might not know this person. Um, okay, so Anfisa, the girl you're seeing, that's Anfisa. I can't pronounce her last name. Um, she's from 90 Day Fiance, and oh my god, oh my god. She is insane. Um, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is a, quite a cast. This is quite a cast. So, I mean, Sarah and I have already talked about it. If you would like to join us, assuming this airs on E, we will literally be all over that show. I most certainly will not. <laughs> no, you don't want to watch Johnny Fairplay and Rachel Riley. I'm sorry, Did Johnny, Johnny Fairplay Bananas? has turned into a tempered gentleman at this point. I feel that. No, I feel it. He's although Rachel Riley's not a villain that she used no, to be either. Not. Like I and love her, but Tiffany like Pollard. So I'm sorry. Not, Take the L there. Okay, hear hear me out. This is gonna be the hardest one for people to hear. Not even Johnny Bananas is the villain that he used to be. I never like, thought he was I, a villain. I mean, he, he's a villain in terms of, like, he doesn't give a fuck who he fucks over. Mm-hmm. Like, the most villainous you have is Corinne Olympios from The Bachelor, which I just, oh my god, why are you putting a platform to somebody who was accused of sexual assault? Facts. Just, just genuinely asking, and then Farah, and I'm not judging her for the corn stuff she's done because I really could care less. It's about how she has visibly treated her child on the show, and I don't watch Teen Mom, and I'm telling you, I've seen too many scenes of Farah not treating her child the way I think a child should be treated. So, tis interesting. But with that, we'll end this little podcast right here, and 
ends the episode of Wicked Unscripted. So tune in next week for discussions about episode three of Survivor 44. But in the meantime, if you want to ask a question or even join as an analyst, uh, email the podcast at wickedunscriptedpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com for more. That is wickedunscriptedpod pod pod at gmail.com for more we are always looking for fresh and diverse voices to join the conversation hey abby i have a question what platforms are we on so that all of our friends can make sure that we see us we are on Apple and Spotify. We're actually looking into adding to SoundCloud and to some more platforms moving forward. Uh, so for now, that's where you can find us. You can also find us on YouTube um, where you can watch us. Um, and we will give updates as to uh, which platforms we will be on moving forward. Also, that's a really great uh, point to make. Um, if there's a platform we're not on that you would really like us to be on, please email the podcast at wickedunscriptedpodpod at gmail.com and we will absolutely do our best to accommodate that that request, which I don't think mm-hmm. should be too hard. So with that, we will see you next time. And thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see you next time. Bye, friends.